Geeks! Geeks! Hello and welcome back to Geeks, the world's number one entertainment podcast recorded live in this room. I'm your host, Al White. Joining me today for a little fireside chat, Lee Comley. Hello. Hello. Hey, welcome back. I'm back. I've returned. Actually, I think because we missed last week and we missed one a few weeks ago. So I think actually you were here relatively recently in context of episodes. Yeah. <laughs> this is a couple. episode 88. I think you were on like 86, 85 maybe. Oh, it seems like decades ago now though. Doesn't it? Time away from you is never time long enough, Lee. <laughs> but here you are, back in the room. Um, I'm excited because, yeah, it's been two weeks away not chatting. And holy fuck, did a lot of stuff happen in the last two weeks. Yeah, more stuff. Things. Things have occurred. Uh, what happened? So we had a little thing called the Games Awards, which weirdly no one seems to be talking about the awards. People are just talking about the trailers for the next stuff that's coming out. Well, so much was announced. A lot At an award show. It's incredible the amount of stuff that was announced. Is this... Because it's kind of unique, isn't it? You don't really get it at the Golden Globes or the Oscars. They're not showing trailers for next year's stuff. No, it's such a different thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I think it's kind of... I don't know if they're scared that people won't pay attention to a Games Award show unless they're talking about what a cool new thing yeah. you're going to get to play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, awards were given out to games that probably... I don't, I'll be honest. I didn't really pay attention either to the awards. No. Out. No, not at all. Just the crazy amount of trailers that came out for new things. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, PSX happened. So we're going to fold all of that into the same thing. Just games. New yep. games. Yep. Uh, there were a lot of movie trailers for big films. Um, so we're going to talk about some of those. Um, and then also it's just stuff we're playing. Normal stuff. We're going to do a little bit of news. It's not that much because he is winding down. Um, a little bit of game releases and you know what's on in cinemas. Not much, but what we're really going to be talking about is covering all those things, all those announcements, and we're really going to be digesting a little thing called PUBG on consoles, or console, we should say, because Sony, you don't get it. You call it a little thing. It's a behemoth. It's, it's an only, incredible, massive thing. Hey, it's only sold to up over 20 million copies since March, Tiny and it's game. not even out yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll get into that. And what does it mean when the game's out, Lee? Um, we're going to talk about PUBG on Xbox um, and Fortnite. I can hear some people. I can feel your assholes clenching right now <laughs> as we say it. But we are. We're going to do an objective uh, battle between Fortnite Battle Royale and PUBG on Xbox. Not judging on PC, judging this for console gamers only. Because I am brand new to both of these properties. As am I. Yeah. So we have pretty objective opinions. I'm aware of them. I have friends who have been passionately into PUBG for a long time. And I've had good experience watching it and learning about it and you know, being part of that zeitgeist. But I have not been playing it because I don't own a PC. So I feel people might be... I have no idea because we haven't talked about it. You've been playing some of both. I've been playing quite a lot of both. And we haven't discussed yet our overall feelings. Um, no, I've played more of PUBG and I think you've played more of Fortnite, haven't you? Well, yeah, so. just purely because Fortnite was out before exactly. PUBG. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, I mean, PUBG's only been out, to clarify, for a couple of days now on yeah. console, so we're pretty fresh with this, but we've put in the time to try and talk about it. Uh, we're going to do that later on in the cast, though, to keep you tethered to the rest of the shit that we're going to talk about. So let's get into it. Normally, I'd want to catch up on the stuff that we've been doing in our lives, but let's just talk about some of the stuff we've been playing. I just sat here, Lee. I had to do some... I was off doing something. I came back. <laughs> You've kind of come to London, because what are we doing today? Going to see Star Wars. This little tiny film. Little independent movie. Last yeah. Jedi... Whoop whoop! Midnight premieres tonight. Oh yeah! Very excited. Oh yeah! I guess first of all, because okay, so people want to hear our impressions of this. I'll give a few impressions next week on the podcast. Yeah. But before next week, in a few days' time, just after releases the last Jedi, if you subscribe to our Weird Geeks channel, uh, go to weirdgeeks.com. 
go out to iTunes and subscribe. We're doing an entire Star Wars retrospective right now. We got fucked up a little bit because uh, our edits went wrong and then I had to, I just didn't have the time. And then we found a production house that is now kindly doing all of our editing stuff for us. Um, so there's like a new podcast up every day covering a different Star Wars film <laughs> so that we can catch up. Um, but yeah, so we'll have an entire like two plus hour podcast where me, Christina Masterson and Alexander Child will be ripping apart The Last Jedi. Um, and... That'll be our 10th Star Wars film that we'll have discussed. Goodness me. Are you going to be taking a notebook tonight then? To- I was thinking about this. Like, I'm luckily, normally on these retrospectives, I'm the one who has to walk us through scene by scene when we do the podcast. Yeah. So I'm watching the films twice. I'm watching commentaries. I'm like writing everything down. I don't have to with Star Wars. That's Alex's thing. He's doing it for that. Sure. Um, so I don't know how he's going to handle that because you can't, I doubt there's a detailed synopsis up online, you know, by the time we record course, the podcast. Of course, yeah. So it's gonna. It might be a shambles, but we're gonna do the best we can. <laughs> It'll be a fun shambles. It will. Uh, and Christina's brand new to all the Star Wars films, other than The Force Awakens. Yeah. So um, no, other than Rogue One. Uh, so I'm excited to see. Um, yeah, how she feels about it. what are you hoping for from The Last Jedi. Uh, I'm going in with very well, not low expectations, but no expectations. Uh, I really enjoyed The Force Awakens, and I just want more, more of that, please. More of old school feeling. Right, Star Wars, the Return of the Ewok. Return of the oh yeah, Yub please nub. yeah, bring back the Ewok. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks is my fave. So Just get in all of the mascots, <laughs> all of them, all of them in one None film. Of the, what a twist that would be if Luke's only in it for the first ten minutes and all the regular characters die, and then it's just I don't want any humans in my. It's just the Ewoks, the droids, yeah. Jar Jar Binks, <gasps> Jabba, uh, Yoda returning, and they just play the Cantina music over and over for two <sighs> hours. I tell you what. My actually, my favorite thing with our retrospective podcast is the opening music, which is the Ewok Shab Nub song. Mm. <laughs> Brilliant, <laughs> makes me very happy. Uh, yeah, I'm trying not to get too excited because I've been excited. I love Ryan Johnson as a director. I like that they now pass that let's reintroduce Star Wars to the world phase, so they get freedom. Yes, and the bars of people I know who have seen it is really high. Oh no! And I'm trying not to think this is going to be the best film ever. <laughs> But <laughs> so it might be the best film ever, Lee. What was the last film we saw together? Ragnarok, I think. Yeah, which was the best film ever. It was the best <clears> film <throat> ever. Yeah. Lee hates Marvel. I d- <laughs> so. <laughs> I hate capes, is what you just said to me. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. I have friends who read comics, but they're like, I don't do capes. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, sometimes. Well, Spidey doesn't wear a cape. Well, it's Edna Mole, isn't it? There no capes. Exactly. No capes. Um,. I've been watching a lot of stuff over the last couple of weeks, but I don't want to get into it all because we have so much else to talk about. So I'm just thinking if there's anything I do want to touch on. I played some Hello Neighbor, which has been a long time coming. Yeah. Janky as hell. I sent it to you as a present, partly to see if it works. <laughs> don't play it. It's not very good. Uh, the concept's really good. I played it for an hour you and it for infuriated me. It's pretty yeah. annoying, isn't it? I wanted to like it because you said to me it's a gift on Xbox. I felt really bad for not liking it. No, it's not that good. I sent it to you because it came out. I was like, oh, this is so exciting. This game's been coming for a long, long time. And the idea is really cool. It's a cool idea. But it just really just doesn't work. Like the, the difficulty curve is all over the place. It's janky. It's, he's just like fucking nightmare. The guy yeah. who lives in the house. Yeah. And... I don't know. It's just not really satisfying in the mechanics of it. I think. I think there's a cool idea there about like you want like something bad's happening in a house or your neighborhood. You want to creep in there and sneak around. But everything for me, from the art style to the gameplay mechanics to just jankiness, nothing is explained to you. You just dropped into it. It's true. And you know, it doesn't hold up. No, 
to explore. So, yeah. It's a cool idea, though. That's a shame. Yeah. Um, I went to see a whole bunch of movies. I'm trying to catch up before our big end-of-the-year podcast that we're doing uh, in a couple of weeks' time where we're going to be arguing out. Like, I think we've got like 10 people coming and we're going to be arguing <laughs> out one by one on mic for our favorite games and films and stuff of the year. Uh, so I watched Annabelle Creation, which uh, is actually really good. I highly recommend it. It's a cool horror film. I watched Lady Macbeth, which I kind of didn't like at the time, but now I'm thinking I really like it. Uh, what was Wish Upon? I'm going to do one line reviews for each film. Wish Upon, <laughs> which is terrible. Uh, Super Dark Times, which is one of my favorite films of the year. Um, it's kind of like... You could totally imagine if it, there's no horror in it that's fantasy. It's kind of like real life horror, but you could totally imagine it as that's how I wanted it to be directed. Uh, much more Gus Van Santi. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express, which was a whole lot of fun and I didn't know the story. So I enjoyed the twists. Uh, Haruka did not because she knows the story. So she just <laughs> enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, the Disaster Artist, which is a film everyone's talking about right now. Um, obviously, like the, the sort of real life making of, but not a real making of, of The Room. Possibly one of the worst films of all time. Really, really funny. Um, very sad, I think, personally. Uh, me and Huka came out quite upset, but I think most people just came out laughing. Um, Why upset? That's really interesting. Because his character's really tragic. Like, yeah. really tragic. Like, he's so passionate and determined and but he's just off his fucking rocker like he's just he has sadly no talent and he's so just determined to do well and it's just it's really heartbreaking because it's kind of like any creative person that's your nightmares what if i'm actually that yeah what if i have very little talent and i'm just that determined and you're surrounded by enablers who just let you get away with doing exactly bad stuff because he has like basically endless money he just yeah. kind of does stuff and it's it's i mean it's a brilliant film I don't yeah. actually think it's very well directed at all. I think it's actually very adequately directed, sometimes to the detriment of the film. Uh, but the acting is phenomenal. James Franco directed it and acted it. I think he's incredible in the role. Man, directing, yeah. Right. <laughs> but okay. um, definitely worth watching. Um, a controversial film was The Florida Project, which everyone's loving right now, which is directed by the guy who did Tangerine, the first film shot on an iPhone. Um, and this is this whole film with kids in this really poor sort of single family upbringing mm. in Florida with no money and honestly me and Haruka came out of it I don't know we discussed it for a while I think there's a lot going on there but it's one of those films just like I feel like this is just an easy way to try and get Oscar nominations it just feels like for half an hour sure you made your point but I don't know who it's really for because mm. they make those films like the people who are living that life are not going to watch that film no, no it's absolutely. really for people you know, who have money to watch and they go, oh, isn't it sad that people's lives are so tragic and then you can feel better and continue It's the whole poverty life. porn type thing. Isn't it, it is kind yeah. of poverty porn, uh, which I think has a purpose because I think we need to be subjected to that and understand it exists, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. But then I feel it's such a kind of agenda-based film in my eyes of yeah. trying to make you feel, oh, this is horrible, which you should, that then at the end what it needs is, that, well, here's how you can help, <laughs> like donate yeah. to these charities or something. But it doesn't even, I don't even know where you donate to, to help all the people who are in single family, you know, difficult situations. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. And the kids, I think you meant to think they're adorable. Fucking nightmare. <laughs> I, me and Haruka came out and we're never having children. <laughs> like, is that just your feeling on kids anyway? Nightmare. No, I like some kids. Not these ones. Not these ones. <laughs> they had a couple of moments, but... But anyway, let's move on because there's so much yeah. proper stuff to talk about. So what should we do first? Let's do the film trailers. Uh, speaking of how much you hate capes, the <laughs> Avengers Infinity War trailer came out. Yeah. Officially the most watched trailer of all time. 
Uh, this is obviously the first part of the two Infinity War films, but they're not calling the second one Infinity War Part 2 now. It's going to have its own unique name. Mm. Um, so this is only half of a double bill, which is going to be, I think, film 20 and 21 or 19 and 20. So it's like oh 10 years in the making. Seeing me. Thanos finally turn up. Yeah, He's been there since the beginning, collected with his Infinity Glove, collecting these Infinity Stones. You're getting... Uh, again, if anyone's listened to this and you haven't watched any of these trailers, you're going to get some minor spoilers for what's in the trailers, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so apologies. But yes, Guardians of the Galaxy obviously turning up. Every, Spidey's in there. Everyone's together. You don't like capes. <laughs> uh, That's shorthand, isn't but it? But yeah, do you... Okay. like? Would, would you even go and see this? It's a great trailer. It's yeah. a really good trailer. Um, and I've never been that interested by the Avengers films. In the past, uh, like I said on the last podcast... I kind of like my uh, superhero films to be focused on one hero, which this is the, kind of the opposite. Of that. <laughs> the exact opposite. Exact opposite. <laughs> but no, it's, it's a fantastic trailer, and I actually will go and see this. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Were you a Guardians fan? I don't remember. I really like the Guardians. Yeah, cool. the first one. I prefer the first one to the second one. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But uh, yeah, yeah. Seeing Guardians, this. just seeing the Guardians get to like. I mean, the thing is, like, it feels more somber, which this one has to do because this is, mm. you know, this is the real part. Thanos is turning up and the, the whole universe could be destroyed. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering how that's going to work. They've just established a much more comedic tone with Ragnarok, with Thor. He's certainly not saying any jokes in this trailer. No. Uh, Guardians turn up. They're obviously known for being very funny. Spidey's known for being pretty funny. Like, Robert Downey Jr. is known for being pretty funny. There's a lot of comedians in the Avengers lineup. So how do you mix all that together? Yeah. With different tones. I don't know because they've done a great job I feel of establishing a good fun tone to these films whether you like it or not yeah they're fun films uh, sometimes to the detriment but this is like yeah it seems pretty somber and it's the danger with this sort of film you've got so many different characters and so many big uh, personalities in terms of the actors that you yeah you how do you balance all of that how do you, how do you balance all that will it work not in two parts as well like yeah. is this one of those films kind of like Kill Bill where you need to watch them back to back for it to work mm. otherwise it's yeah doesn't fit um, I know I don't know how much the Guardians are in this I know Spidey's not meant to be in it that much it's apparently similar to Civil War so maybe just 10-15 minutes of him um, but yeah I mean you would think this is as big as comic book films could get but we have news coming later that might <laughs> <laughs> disprove that uh, other huge trailers that came out uh, what should we go for uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom or colon Fallen Kingdom oh, colon Fallen Kingdom <laughs> Uh, I was really disappointed by the first by Jurassic World. By Jurassic World, yeah. Okay. And so my interest level on on this is is relatively low. You don't like seeing Chris Pratt catch flies? I, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm uh, yeah, Chris Pratt. I have mixed feelings about Chris Pratt, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. We'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that's not like a Simon Amstel Justin Bieber kind of mixed feelings. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. No, definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. That's a very different thing entirely. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to talk about it really because I'm just, I, I didn't like where they took Jurassic World. Okay. Yeah, didn't feel like a Jurassic Park film to me. Oh, really? Mm. Interesting. Because my pro, I mean, I, I actually enjoyed Jurassic World a lot. My problems with it were more that it felt too much like it was trying to be a Jurassic Park film if you know what I mean like it wasn't okay. doing something new with it yes it was kind of just kind of doing what The Force Awakens did but I think Force Awakens did it better I was just like here's all the fan service we're going to try a couple of new things but the new things weren't really that great yeah um, and then the ending gets super super silly with 
dinosaur yeah. after dinosaur saving <laughs> from things. Yeah. Um, but I had a good time with it. I, I mean, I'm excited. I'll be honest. I'm excited for any Jurassic Park film. Like, mm. I'm one of those rare people who I think the first 40 minutes of The Lost World is absolute garbage. But I actually think the rest of The Lost World is a better <laughs> film than the first film, okay. um, which is a rare opinion. But it's just darker. And then Jurassic Park 3, I actually really enjoy. It's like, it's a midnight B-movie. Um, and it's got loads of good actors in it, like William H. Macy and like uh, other people too. <laughs> I can't remember now. Is that with the T-Rex in the city? No, that's the very end of Lost World. Because Lost World right. is like okay. 20 acts that just keeps going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and I like Jurassic World. I don't think any of them have been perfect for me. Not even the first one. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I have big problems with the first one. But I just really like dinosaurs yeah <laughs> and there aren't yeah. many big dinosaur films uh if any um see so yeah, I, I don't know this trailer's weird but they have come out to say this trailer is showing i think it's like the first 40 minutes of the film is all that this trailer is dealing with okay because it is worrying they showed quite a lot and everyone's already joking about it with oh, there's a fucking volcano blowing up and now they've got to go and save the dinosaurs from the volcano <laughs> and it just seems so over the top but it's like what if the rest of the film's not about that because you see them kind of get off the island. Because you see the volcano actually exploding and they mm. flee the island. Yeah. And if they're saying it's only the first 40 minutes, like, well, what's the rest of the film? Where, where else do you go after avoiding an exploding volcano exactly. in the first 40 minutes? So I'm intrigued with what are they not showing us. Yeah. I'm sad that we'll probably find out in the next trailer way too much because yeah. I'd love to know nothing else and just yeah. go in. Um, but also, what's going on with Site B? Because Site B was the lost world. They have a different island that's still just full of dinosaurs. No one's dealing with that. that. They keep going back to. Just leave the dinosaurs alone. Because two- bad things always happen when you go to these islands. Leave them. Leave them be. I was listening to a podcast where they're discussing exactly that. It's like, but there was any opposite side because they're saying, if one day we wake up and someone's like, we can actually clone dinosaurs, there'll be everyone going, no, but <laughs> well, we've seen the films. <laughs> We're not, but at the same time, you know everyone will go, but yeah fuck it just, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just clone the dinosaurs fuck just it just keep doing it over and over yeah, yeah. absolutely right you yep. would I'm still excited I think it's going to be trash but I'm happy to have dinosaur trash in my life so yeah. uh, Maze Runner came out the trailer for that I don't need to talk about it really I, I'm actually a Maze Runner fan I like Maze Runner more than Hunger Games more than what's another kid teen films Oh, goodness. Uh, Other ones. Oh, definitely like more than Twilight. (laughs) Uh, I won't say more than Harry Potter because I do really like some of the Harry Potters, but I like Major One a lot. I think it's actually a good, really good series. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. Ready Player One. Spielberg's computer game opus. I feel like every time I come on this podcast, I'm very negative. You're Uh, a negative person. (laughs) It's just part of your nature. Don't try and escape it. Embrace it. It's just who I am. Uh, I I really dislike the book. Oh. Um, what don't you like about what don't you like about the book? Oh my god! Like here's all these million and one geek references that we're just going to throw at you for the sake of geekdom, you know. And that's what this trailer feels like. And I, I don't know. Is is that I'm I'm just hoping there's some kind of redemption because it's it's Spielberg. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of with you. I haven't read the book. Um, <sighs> Both of these trailers that they brought out for this look bad to me. Um, and Spielberg, because Spielberg's always quite famously, I don't know if people know this, he's always making two films at the same time. Um, he, that's how he works. He can't concentrate on one thing. He has to be doing two things. And he has two very separate parts of his personality. He has the Jurassic Park 
uh, side, you know, Close Encounters the Kind, E.T. And then he has his Armistad, Schindler's List, you know. Um, did he do, was Munich him as well? Yeah. Like the serious, you know, gravitas sort of yeah. side to him. And I, I only knew about Ready Player One and I didn't like the look of it. And then out of fucking nowhere this week in America comes The Post, which is his true life like story. Yeah. That's getting 10 out of 10 reviews. And that looks amazing. Yeah. And I think in his older years, I'm more interested in his serious films than his fun films. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's been a while since he's done a really good fun film. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not convinced about Ready Player One. No. And, uh, sort of looking back through his... You know, back catalogue. His, his kind of serious stuff holds up a lot better. Yeah, I feel generally. If you're going to generalise about it all, um, why not? Generally, why not? <laughs> did it. We're there already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So we decided. Ready to play one piece of shit. It's had a lot of backlash as well online, isn't it? I think a lot. Quite of, rightly, a lot of the geeks have gone. Quite nah. rightly. I mean, the effects just don't look great either. No, I'm being honest. Although, although Birmingham is in it. Great. Part of the jewelry courses, so big up the Birmingham massive. Great, all right. Great. So I'm definitely not seeing it. <laughs> um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So actually, we have two. Let's say this: DC and Marvel both have an animated movie coming out. We've got Batman Ninja. Now I'm not convinced that will hit cinemas. I think that might be a straight to Blu-ray release, yeah. like they do a lot. Yeah. Uh, which is an anime Batman, and then we have Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which we've been talking about for quite a while. This is, unless I'm mistaken, let me double check this. This is Phil Lord and what's his face, the guys who do Lego Movie. Um, and 21 Jump Street and yeah. directed most of the Han Solo movie and then got fired and replaced um, <laughs> by What's-His-Face from Happy Days. Um, so, hang on, let me, double, let me double check that before I say it. Spider-Verse. Uh, but yeah, so this is going to cinemas, so, which to me when I heard it, I was like, what? How are you doing? How are you confusing things even more? Not only do we have like Fox and Sony making Marvel movies and Marvel Studios making Marvel movies, but... Now an animated Spider-Man movie yeah. as well. Yeah. When you've just had Amazing Spider-Man 2, then like he's suddenly in the Marvel films with Homecoming, and now this. And this is dealing with Miles Morales. Um, so let me double check this. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I know Brian Michael Bendis wrote it, which is great because he's one of the best comic book writers out there. Um, yeah, Phil Lord and... and uh, I think it might be just Phil Lord. He wrote it as well. Directed by some other people though. What did they do? Puss in Boots. <laughs> I like Puss in Boots. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, do you know Miles Morales? Does this trailer mean anything to you? It No, to be honest, not really. No. Okay, okay. Uh, so he is, because there are many universes, and in one of them, I think in the main one it was, many years ago, Peter Parker dies. Um, and spoilers, you have quite spoilers. a while. <laughs> many years ago. <laughs> and you have quite a while with no Spider-Man. And then uh, this other kid, this black Hispanic kid, who was like the age Peter Parker originally was, 17 or something. Mm. Maybe I think he's younger, actually, in the comics originally. I think he's like 15. He um, gets bitten. They, he gets bitten by Radioactive Spider again, which is kind of dumb. I wish they'd had a new way for it to happen. Yeah. But anyway. And he becomes a new Spider-Man. Um, and to a generation of kids, he is their Spider-Man. Right. To the point that when they were doing Homecoming... Uh, there was a lot of people petitioning to have a black Hispanic Miles Morales rather than Peter sure. Parker because yeah. Peter Parker isn't everyone's Spider-Man. And people wanted Donald Glover to play him um, who ended up in the film as Miles Morales' uh, uncle. Right. So there was this weird like 
nod of Miles Morales exists in the Marvel Universe. We're just not dealing with him yet. But if we need to, we've told you he does exist. <laughs> so it's like, where the fuck does Into the Spider-Verse even fit in? I don't know. It's weird. But it's cool we're getting a Miles Morales film. I'm glad people get that. Um, but does this look... Like, does this look cinema worthy to you, like animation-wise? Does it look cool enough? It, just, like, yeah, the animation style looks uh, looks looks really cool, and it's almost like um, as soon as I saw his face, once he took the mask off, it's kind of Pixar-esque almost. It's almost like yeah. Pixar decided to do something that wasn't The Incredibles and do uh, do a Spider-Man film. And also, I um, I said it to you when we watched the trailer. It reminds me of Infamous in a way, just the art style. Yeah, there's a weird three D kind of yeah. thing going on there. It looks cool. Yeah, I think it looks cool. I mean, I'm really excited because it's an animated Spider-Man movie. Yeah. I'm all over that. I'm, it looks a little bit like... Do you remember TMNT, the Turtles animated movie? Yes. Made cinemas? Looks yes. a little bit a little bit that sort of style. And I mm. actually really enjoyed that film. The story was pretty dumb, but the animation was cool and the characters were cool. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I've got hopes for it. I'm a huge Spidey fan. So I'm just happy for any new Spidey film. But I am worried about it muddying the waters of well, what the fuck is what anymore you know it does this tie into anything else i guess you just have to treat it its own as its own thing i suppose and is because you get a glimpse of peter parker at the end of this trailer yes. but you can't really see him yeah. it's like are they going to make him look like tom holland from homecoming that's the and and relate it to the other films yeah. in some way yeah because that would be crazy and awesome and terrible at the same time <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, what else we have? Last trailer, big trailer. This is the one that everyone's really been tearing apart, which is Alita colon Battle Angel. Or no, I don't think there is a colon. I'm going to put one in there because yeah. every film needs a good little colon <laughs> <laughs> to keep things fun. Uh. Um, so you watch the trailer for this. Okay, tell me what you think not knowing anything and then I'll tell you a couple of things about it. Because uh, you don't know anything about Alita. I don't know anything about it. It looks cool. <laughs> it looks cool. I'm very interested in, uh, in, in watching it. But I, I sort of asked you afterwards like is it from a uh from a manga film is it from you know a series or whatever i, I know nothing about so it. for it you great. does it feel like it's from a manga film or something like that? that's the impression uh, uh um i don't know <laughs> well, that's like but your head went there so you must be like thinking it's got to be based on something i think i'd seen something online that it related to something that came right. before so i was just intrigued as to what it was but if i'd just seen that trailer in, isol- in isolation it, maybe one think thing Okay, so a lot of people... Yeah, so to clarify, yeah, this is based on a manga from 19... Uh, I know the anime was 1994, I think it was, and the manga, I think it was 1993 to 1995 or something like that. Um, I was really into anime when I was about 12. It was one of the first manga f- films to come over on VHS here. Yeah. Uh, along with like Akira and Yorotsu Kidoji mm. and, and uh, Winds of Amnesia and um, Venus Wars. There's like six films and this was one of them. And I really loved it at the time. And way, 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 way back then, this is like 94, I think it was, James Cameron said, I'm making this into a movie. He put wow. the rights up. I was like, I'm going to turn this into a movie. This was shortly after in 1989, he had been like, I'm making a Spider-Man film and tried to do that for 15 years and it never happened. Um, so he bought the rights for this and was determined to do it. And then he kept saying, it's my next movie. It's my next movie. It's my next movie. And then he went and did Avatar. And he was like, now I'm doing Alita. And then fucking 10 years later, and he's like, no, I'm doing Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5. <laughs> but I'm going to do a leader in there. And he's never really got around to it. So he's passed the torch and it's finally happened. And he's got his friend, Robert Rodriguez, to direct it. Who, in my opinion, used to make amazing films. But hasn't in quite some time. Um, 
And uh, James Cameron is producing. So he's on board still for, as a writer and producer. Um, and I didn't realize it even... I knew they were doing something at last, but I didn't even realize they'd started shooting. So it was a real surprise to me where suddenly there was a teaser one day for 10 seconds and then a trailer the next day. Yeah. Um, and m the thing most people have been concentrating on are her CGI eyes. The fact that they've made her eyes look anime manga style, like really big. Yeah. And people are really upset about it, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what to tell you, but people are really <laughs> fucking upset about it. Uh, it is people. I don't know. I don't think people know what to do with it. So they're claiming it's like racist. They're claiming it's you know completely unnecessary and it breaks experience and all this stuff. I don't. I don't know that I care. Like it's for me, she's a cyborg, and I being a fan of the anime is like yeah, she does look like the anime in live action. So I get why they did it. In the anime, does she have bigger eyes? Than oh, of the, course. Than well, no, oh, than other people. Than the other people in it, or is that just the typical anime? Interesting style? question that you just did there. <laughs> one second, one second. Let me check. I remember a couple of the people in the anime. Um, mm, I know she does more than her professor for sure. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, then some of the ones that I can see, then the majority, maybe not as big as they are, they're maybe not as exaggeratedly big no. compared to the other people. Um, but yeah, I see what you're saying. This is how she looks in the anime. It's like this. Um, which is, you know, yeah, pretty similar. Um, yeah. I mean, but yeah, taking the, you know, the eyes aside... Because they can change the eyes, I guess. If people are really backlashing, they go, shit, okay, let's make the eyes smaller. Just go into After Effects and press delete. That's yeah. That's what they need to do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't... I can't tell how they did her because it doesn't seem like normal mocap. It feels like she acted it, but then they've CGI'd over her entire body. It's really yeah. weird, which is sort of mocap. Yeah. But it's weird. I don't know. Because I thought... At first, I thought they've just shot her and then they've accented certain elements to make her look more clean and cyborg-ish. Yeah. I don't know because the clothes looked quite CGI too it's it's that whole uncanny valley thing is it and that for me drew me out of it because you're just thinking those aren't real <laughs> those eyes look really yeah. fake uh, and that's a shame yeah and I think if, if, if it doesn't need to be if her eyes don't specifically need to be larger for mm -hmm. any stylistic reason then why why do it but I don't know yeah yeah I don't know I'm still open though. A lot of people are closed doors about this film now. I'm still open to it. I'd like to get a good live action anime film because yeah. other than from Japan, westernized ones don't normally go very well. No. <laughs> Ghost and no, Shell no. definitely didn't go, go very well. <laughs> um, so I'm distracted right now because on my IMDb, there's a huge advert for Phantom Thread. Um, and I'm so excited about seeing Phantom Thread. I'm trying to see if it's telling me when it's coming out of here, but it's not telling me. So you're not doing your job, advert. Get out of my face. <laughs> you had one job. I was already knew I wanted to see the film. Um, but you're someone who loved the anime. Yeah, I love the anime. So how do you feel about the trailer in terms of it presenting? Uh, my my worries more. Like? Yeah, I don't like too much CGI. My worries more the baddies. To be honest, okay. my worries when I see the amount of baddies who look CGI as well. If it was just her, and I'm like, well, she's unique and special in this world. Fine. Yeah. And everyone had, else had some accents of stuff here and there. But they're like a lot of CGI going on with the baddies. And I can just see it turning into a tacky, you know, CGI battle fest thing. And yeah. just going too far into anime tropes um, and not making it more sophisticated. Because, mm. you know, I, I enjoyed it a lot. But I was 
13 when I started watching it or whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, Robert Rodriguez used to make great films and James Cameron as much. I, I'm actually really not a fan of Avatar, um, but he's made predominantly fantastic films in his career. Yeah. So there are two people who have made a lot of good films. So it should be Who good knows? films. Who knows? No. All right, we decided. You're wrong. Lead is fantastic. Ready Player One's a piece of shit. <laughs> Video games then. Let's do it. Are you ready? Ready. Oh, Jesus. Buckle up. Because I just want to get to talking about PUBG and Fortnite. Well, let's, let's rattle through. Let's get right. there. Let's go. I'm going to go through them. And you're going to stop me into something big, okay? Because people don't need much news. There's like God of War. They showed a whole bunch of stuff. It looks cool. Wipeout Omega. Amiga or Omega? Omega, I think. Omega Collection is coming to VR. Guaranteed to make you vomit inducing, yeah. Oh my goodness me. <laughs> Can you fucking imagine that? No. Jeez. Would, that would be legitimately with that soundtrack, it'd be legitimately like existing. If you wanna know what it felt like to be in the nineties in a rave taking acid, <laughs> play wipeout in VR and you'll be transported in time. Um, not that I ever did That's that. That's a box kids. quote, there we go. Um Metro Exodus got an extra gameplay. This looks fantastic. Yeah. Like it looks beautiful it looks like one of those few games that's following on from the legacy of half-life to me in terms of real narrative fps or oh, what's happening no it's just memories <laughs> memories switch. of half-life coupled with the rage that we'll never see half-life 3 this i mean this is for me this is as close as it is it's not this yeah. story or anything but this is in terms of gameplay and balanced narrative and some of the environments as well yeah um what else uh gtfo get the fuck out Looks kind of cool. Mm-hmm. See if these got a release date, and I've forgotten what it is. Is it May? It's still it's, a way out. I think. Yeah, it was like April or May, wasn't it? Yeah. Very excited about that game. Very yeah, frustrated. It's not here. Um, we have to play that together, please. We will. I want to go. Indeed. Swashbuckling. Buckle those swashes. Bayonetta three was revealed for Switch. Whoop whoop. And they're going to be getting one and two. Oh yeah. Because there aren't enough games on the Switch. No, definitely not. At the end of the year, when we do our wrap-up, we're going to have a segment that is purely trying to prove or argue that the Switch had the best first year of any console. Because I think it's arguable that it did in terms of game releases. I think it would be difficult to argue otherwise, to be honest. We'll find out. Tune in in a few weeks' time. Um, Breath of the Wild, Champions Ballad was not only announced when it was coming out, but they did the thing that we were all hoping they were going to do it's like it's out right now they did a Beyonce and we're just like hey, there you go yep. it's out fucking Done. awesome and Deal guess what it. motorbikes that's all you, that's that's what, all you that's, need that, yeah that's exactly what was missing from Zelda it was a bloody <laughs> all my time motorbike. Zelda that's what I thought is what I'm really missing here is a, is mo- a motorbike <laughs> <laughs> fucking nuts I'm a little bit worried about it like it looks like it worked I've been watching playthroughs with the motorbike because I haven't got it yet um, and it does look like it works if you're in a late stage of the game in terms of making all those nooks and crannies easier to access. Yeah. But it's so perfectly balanced, that game. I am worried they're going to do something that's going to break it. Well, I think by that point in the game, you don't need it. I think you can fast travel and do so much to get around. You don't necessarily need it. It's just a bit of fun. I guess so. I think. I don't like fun. Uh, the people who did Job Simulator and PSVR are doing Vacation Simulator. Yes, I need to play this. The opposite of Job Simulator. <laughs> Uh, SOS was announced. Uh, Mega Man 11 was announced separately from everything else. Uh, some people liking this art style. I'm not a big fan um, of it, but there you go. There was a teaser from From, from Software, from From Software, um, which looks presumably like it's going to be Bloodborne 2, but it's one shot and yeah. not even a title. Um, who knows? Could be something else, but that seems to be what it is. People are also saying Tenchu is a is a possibility, but I saw someone say it, was, it could be Armored Core or something else. No, like, that's what? definitely not Armored Core. No, 
No possible Strange. way. Strange. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely Bloodborne too. Yeah. Um, Grand Theft Auto Online got its Doomsday Heist, which is notable for a number of reasons. Some people are saying it's like uh, it's like the online uh, campaign that never was there. Um, yeah. And finally, we get revealed the fucking mystery of Mount Gilead. Yeah. Which has been there since 2013. People have been trying to figure this out. <laughs> and it's guess what? It's because they had a fucking roadmap for some DLC. And then they don't even make a big deal about it. They're just their trailer. And then at the end, it's like, oh, by the way, jetpacks. <laughs> it's like, that's what everyone's been trying. There's a fucking hieroglyph in Mount Gilead for jetpacks inside that mountain. And no one understood what it meant. Yeah. And now we do. It's like there's a whole mission inside that mountain. There are jetpacks. Was that the plan all along then, do you think? Or have they retrofitted? It's in the game. Route? Like there's a yes, map inside okay. that mountain. Yeah. On the game. Yeah. Can you imagine waiting four years, over four years, to like to reveal <laughs> your intention or something? Yeah. I mean, God bless Rockstar. Um, Soul Calibur 6 was announced with a trailer of beautiful men and boobs and all the normal Soul Calibur things. Beautiful men with boobs. Yeah, well, you got what's his name? Who's the gimp in Soul Calibur? Oh, yes. Can't remember. <laughs> Fucking hilarious, that guy. Yeah, it's great. Although he doesn't have boobs. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, it's Japan, so I shouldn't be surprised. But they haven't toned any of that stuff down, given the current climate. No. But I guess the guys have to... Was it Soul Calibur 4 where you had a boob slider? Yeah, you think created... so. Yeah. Oh, well, that might have played reliable. with that slider or anything, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Never play with a slider. <laughs> Never play with a slider. Um, yeah, but I mean, those games are great. They're really great yeah. weapon-based combat. And always... Arguably, I think the best looking 3D fighters. Um, so I'm excited for it. Yeah. In the Valley of the Gods was announced, which is from the makers of Firewatch. Um, looks very similar art style, saying Egypt going into pyramids. Yeah. Firewatch was great. It was. In the Valley of the Gods. Probably great. We're saying it right now. Fade to Silence. I can't remember what that is now, but I wrote it down. It's coming. Dreams was uh, finally came back again after being absent for a while. But what is it? What is it? Yeah. Al. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I'll be honest. I'm not going to play it no matter what. It looks like no. too much work and too nebulous. I'm going to probably interact with other people's things and watch things online. That's exactly what I did with Little Big Planet. Spent yep. about an hour trying to build a level going, this is far too much effort. I had one amazing night on Little Big Planet with uh, my, my brother-in-law at the time. And we just stayed up all night and bonded and downloaded different people's levels and tried yeah. them out and had loads of fun. Yeah. And I was like, all right, that's all. I'm done. Done. Uh, Witchfire was announced, which is from the developers of was it is that Edith Finch or uh, that other one, Disappearance of Ethan Carter? One oh, I've got teams. them mixed up now in my head. Yeah, they, they both meld in my brain. Yeah, the walking simulators. Mm-hmm. But this one's more shooty shooty. Um, World War Z has a game coming. Then we saw new stuff for Detroit: Colon Become Human, uh, which I, I I really like. Forgotten the publisher now. Um, the distributor, I mean, the distributor, the developer. Oh, what are they called? The guys who did Beyond Two Souls and they did Fahrenheit and they did those people. I actually really like all of the games, but this one looks at least interesting to me. But people seem more interested in this than a lot of their other games. Heavy Rain was another one. Yeah, it's coming. Last Guardian is going to get a PlayStation VR element. The demo's out already. The VR is it out already? Demo. It's about it's, only, it's really short, but apparently very good. So you can rub your face on that bird dog. You can indeed. Um, and Death Stranding. Now, yeah, we've got another yeah short movie trailer thing from Hideo Kojima. Guillermo del Toro was there, and Norman Reedus. It all turned up to go. Hey, 
here's more of the thing, but nobody knows what it is. I love that Norman in interviews, he just goes like, yeah, I've got no idea what they're getting me to do. I just stand around in a mocap suit and say things and I've got no idea what's happening. I genuinely believe him. Yeah. I think they don't know what they're doing. I saw this great Twitter thread of people saying what they hope it is. And my favorite was one, one person saying they hope it's just a karting simulator. <laughs> that would be their stranding's the best just like a Mario Kart clone ever. Just a clicker game would be amazing, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's just a text adventure. A text there's adventure. No, there's no fucking graphics involved. Um, yeah, how do you feel? What do you think this is? I have really? absolutely no idea what kind of game this is or what it's remotely about. It's 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 interesting, really interesting imagery, and it's Hideo Kojima, so it's it's going to be crazy, crazy That's shit. Crazy. Yeah. So he did, to be fair to him, come out and explain this trailer a little bit, um, which I found, where was it? IGN did an interview with him. And Does he explained his explainer bunch. need explaining, is it? Actually, it kind of makes sense. I don't think it's as novel as he necessarily thinks it's going to be, and he's not showing it in the game yet. So it's like, well, okay, it's easy to say that, but what's the mechanic of that, you know? Yeah. He's fascinated with um, death in video games. And he did this whole thing talking about um, how he's trying to make something different and to show... Uh, what do you say? How to show that, how to have people see that as something that he's trying to figure out how to, basically how to present the things he wants to be talking about. Um, and he's saying games started over 40 years ago with arcades and when the player dies, it was game over. You continue and time goes back to before you die. Um, you can die as many times as you want, but you always go back to a little bit before you die. And that's a mechanic that was made specifically for putting in coins and it hasn't changed since then, mm. which is very true. Um and then he started talking about how one of the themes of Death Stranding uh, is life and death. So he wants people to realize that when they die in the game, that it isn't the end. Um, so this is kind of what that trailer was showing. So when you die in Death Stranding, you're transported to this purgatory where you're free to explore in first person. Because of some mysterious, unique, in inverted commas, <laughs> abilities Sam possesses, you can wander outside of your body recovering items, among other things. And then as Kojima explains, at that point, you're not dead or alive. It's the equivalent of the screen that says continue um, and a counter ticking down towards zero. But you're in this like purgatory and get to sort of recollect items before you come back out into like a new birth. Um, he, he explains it a bit more. How, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, when you're ready to return to the world of living, you get back into your body. However, unlike most games which set you back to a point before you died, Death Stranding acknowledges your defeat and seems to even embrace it. You're transported back to the world after your death, uh, much like in Dark Souls, where your actions maintain an aura of persistence. So the mechanic of dying is ubiquitous uh, in most video games, but it sounds like Kojima's yeah, trying to like find a way to deal with purgatory. Um... So, as you saw in the trailer, you saw the crater. This is him stating it. And when you come back, it's still there. Most games would have taken you back to before the crater was made. So, depending on the player, you might have a lot of craters all over the place. And it depends on each uh, playthrough. But death will never pull you out of the game. It's something that he very firmly stated. I think you're right. I don't think that's as novel as he maybe thinks it is. It's just a way to kind of create persistence in the world, isn't it? And to... Yeah pull you back in in a different slightly different sort of way but yeah i mean how he blurs that i mean because yeah if you're essentially doing a sort of similar thing as dark souls in terms of well the things you die you leave and you have a chance to collect them but he's yeah. putting that more into the in-between stage rather than mm. going back and starting again i mean i think it sounds cool i'm happy yeah. i want i like people who are looking at games objectively going how do we get here and how do we change that because yeah, absolutely we, we built on a series of things that aren't relevant anymore maybe yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I'm not, I still don't know how that really works because I don't know what the rest of the gameplay is. No. So it's hard to know. I don't know. But at least he's, I mean, he's, I just seems like he's thinking about a lot of stuff and trying things out and then making a trailer <laughs> before he implements it really in the game. And it's got a baby that gives you a thumbs up. So, you know. What more do you want? What more do you want from nothing, a trailer? Nothing. nothing. Lee. I need nothing else. Nothing else at all. Um. All right. We did it, man. Let's go home. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> Lots of games to be excited about. A lot of about. games. Um, is that normal for this time of year? It just feels bizarre that we're in December and so much new stuff is being. Yeah, I've never revealed. seen anything quite, quite like that. No, like there's a lot of films, a lot of games. Yeah, um, it's an exciting time. Yeah. Uh, so we do have a tiny bit of news. I don't want to go on too much. One Piece World Seeker was announced. Uh, Bandai Namco announced it on Twitter. It'll be released in 2018 on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. It's going to be an open-ended action adventure that represents a brand new chapter in the Epic Saga. Um, although I've written down Epic Sage, which is a type of herb. Um, I'm a big, I'm a quite a big One Piece fan. I like the world a lot, and I watch the movies, and the games have never been that great. This looks, this looks like it could actually be quite cool. Mm. Looks more like a Breath of the Wild style One Piece, which my friend Justin on the front of the podcast will be very excited about. So if you're listening, get excited. Um, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection was announced. Are you a Street Fighter fan? I am, but just Street Fighter 2. Well, so I don't really need every single Street Fighter. Let to me be honest. tell you, Lee. <laughs> I'm so excited about this because I used to collect every Street Fighter game from yeah. every console. Yeah. And then the problem I'd have is, and I went back like a few years ago and started doing it. And the problem is there were a lot of games that were locked to certain consoles. Yeah. So I'd then have to buy a Dreamcast just to play that one Street Fighter game. <sighs> buy a PlayStation 1 just to play that one Street Fighter game. And then you'd never play the game, obviously. It was just a collection I wanted to have. Yeah. So with this coming out on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC in May 2018, you're getting 12 Street Fighter games. God, that's awesome. Are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. I'm holding on. Street Fighter 1, the original one that no one plays because it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Street Fighter 2, is that the one you want? Yeah. Or is it Street Fighter 2 colon Champion Edition? It, whatever was on the Mega Drive. Or is it I Street Fighter 2 colon Hyper Fighting? <laughs> or is it Super Street Fighter 2? Or is it Super Street Fighter 2 colon Turbo? I wish I knew the differences. You're getting all of them, buddy. So not I mean, all of them. All of them. Um, so you get all the Street Fighters and yes that's how it used to be you'd get a new car on your snares and your Mega Drive um, I think the snares got nearly all of them and you had to spend like 80 fucking dollars to, to buy a new one goodness me um, and they just kept bringing them out new iterations yeah people worry about loot crates <laughs> <laughs> what if they just back brought in out, my day back in my day man you just got like a few extra characters and you spent full game price yeah, but on the hyper one, you could like speed it up a little bit. A little bit you? faster. Oof. It was a little bit faster. Yeah. It's like going to 50cc to going to 150cc. Oh. Pretty exciting. But doesn't stop there. You get Street Fighter Alpha. You get Street Fighter Alpha 2. You get Street Fighter Alpha 3. Fantastic games. Um, and then you get Street Fighter 3, Street Fighter 3 Second Impact, and Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. Um, and Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Street Fighter Alpha 3, and Street Fighter 3 Third Strike are all going to support online play. Great. So there's at least one game from each. Um, yeah. There's no generation. four in that, is there? There's no... No, but that's four. when it went 3D. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So four you can already get on PlayStation 4 download and you get it on Xbox 360. I think it's backwards compatible. It is, yeah. Five is still locked to PS4 at the moment. You can't get it yeah. on Xbox One. 
But this gives you a nearly complete collection. I would quite like Street Fighter 4 on the Switch. That'd be quite nice. I would, yeah. Yeah, that would be quite nice. But never mind. I want 5 on Xbox One. Well, I, but this, though, is like nearly everything. What they need to then do, if this does well, is another collection of all the Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah. Different types of games. Yes. Like Capcom versus SNK, all that shit. King of Fighters. Just get everything out on everything. Everything on everything. Yeah. It's very simple. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Uh, other weird news Pokemon Detective which is a film that is really actually happening uh, Legendary Films announced Ryan Reynolds is playing Pikachu <laughs> it's just like they're making it up isn't the it? internet was really angry and I can't remember the actor they wanted to be Pikachu they now. wanted Danny DeVito that's it that was it a massive online campaign <laughs> to have Danny DeVito be is Pikachu. there any other role in history where <laughs> Danny DeVito and Ryan Reynolds could both be contentious <laughs> for it? I mean, I you know, I, I yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm still reeling that this actually is going to happen. It's a live action, but obviously he'll be CGI. Detective Pikachu. And he has to talk. I love that you had to say, obviously he'll be CGI. I just want Ryan Reynolds in a Pikachu costume, waddling around. So good. That would be amazing. They could do Muppets, though. You could just get a Muppet. (laughs) Ryan Reynolds is puppeting Muppet. Missed opportunity. I just, I I mean, I'll be honest. I don't, because there's Detective Pikachu games on there. I haven't played them. I guess he talks in them, but I doubt, don't think he's voice acted in them. And then I want to say I want to say they are. I the, think really. I, in a regular series of movies, he just says Pika Pika, and then occasionally Pikachu. Does he? Is he just magically granted the power of speech somehow? Well, he's got. It's, or is Ryan Reynolds just going to go Pika Pika? I I would fucking love it if it was like I am Groot, but just Ryan Reynolds doing Pika amazing. Pika. I fear it's going to be Ryan Reynolds being Deadpool, but in Pikachu's <laughs> body. <laughs> I I fully support that. But yeah, I want to say I fear that sounds pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, It's going to be uh, in theatres on May the 10th, 2019. Production will start in January in London, right here. Uh, It's directed by a guy called Rob Letterman, who directed the Goosebumps movie. So that's a red flag for me. (laughs) Uh, And the last thing, which is definitely the biggest news, is the ongoing thing that we haven't been able to talk about, uh, which is the Disney Fox acquisition that, when you listen to this, might have happened. Because apparently, word is that by Thursday, this could be a done deal. Uh, So Comcast was also bidding... On buying out Fox, it's dropped that bid uh, on Monday. Disney is now the only suitor. Looks like it's happening and it's just paperwork. Um, and it's said to be worth over $60 billion. Um, so what does that mean, Lee, exactly? What, what does it mean? Well, the good things Tell or the bad now. things. <laughs> so what are they acquiring? Let's just state that first. They're going to be acquiring all of Fox's TV and movie assets, as well as regional sports networks, and its 30% stake in Hulu, amongst a bunch of other stuff. Uh, they're then going to use probably Hulu as their backbone for the new Disney streaming service that uh, they're talking about. Yeah. Fox are going to be left still with Fox Sports, Fox Broadcasting, and its news and business division. So Fox News will not stop being uh, racist and stupid. Uh, it will continue <laughs> as usual, so don't worry. Um, yeah, and it might even affect companies like Ijang. They were owned by Fox and stuff like that. Who knows? Oh, of course. Yeah. Who knows? Well, they were owned by Fox. Are they still? I think so. Um, Lee... What does this mean to you personally? <laughs> uh, absolutely nothing whatsoever. Absolutely nothing? Absolutely nothing. Okay. That's because you don't care about capes, isn't it? I don't care about capes. <laughs> I lost my shit when I saw that this news was happening. Really? Well, the problem is, and there's a lot of problems, and I feel most of the problems we don't understand yet. An obvious problem is Disney ending up owning over, because I think right now they own about 24% of the market share in movies or something. 
Yeah, they're going to own an astronomical amount, which is always bad practice. Um, like capitalism works through competitive, you know, you need different companies creating different products up against each other. Yeah, I mean, I, I joke that it won't, you know, it doesn't bother me or affect me. But uh, as you mentioned with the streaming service and things like that, as as these companies get more and more consolidated and there is less choice and options and things start disappearing off Netflix or Amazon Prime, yep. then of course... You know, oh yeah, Disney will then... They have a good platform to then take all this stuff off Netflix. Yeah. No more Marvel films, no more Star Wars films, yep. no more Disney films, potentially. Um, I think there's a lot of long-term just f- for the health of the industry it's very dangerous when you see yeah. one company becoming as big as disney anyway disney do quite a lot of evil things when you really read up about the, some of the things they do sure. yeah. and they they have a parent company as well above them um which is one of like the big six who own everything um so i mean there's uh, on a business and moral scale and even just for the productivity it's like how much how many the, the fox used to take chances with some things mm. didn't always work but Disney don't take as many chances. They like to make everything more family friendly. Uh, not always. They also hire pedophiles <laughs> to make films like Jeepers Creepers. But they do. <laughs> we went there. Again and again and again. Yeah. Um, but they do tend to like to make things family friendly. Is this going to affect, you know, the output? Are they going to let, are they going to set up a new division that essentially is like Disney Fox, you know, that mm. gets to run things still the way they want to run them? Don't know. A lot of negatives. But Lee, my friend. Oh, baby. <laughs> what are the positives now? What does this mean positive-wise? Well, what this means positive-wise is every Capes fanboy's wet dream, which is that Disney will get all of Fox's properties. And what that f- means is the unthinkable will happen, which is that Marvel Studios, owned by Disney, will we get back every single one of their characters. Yeah. Now, Sony still will technically own Spidey and a lot of the Spider-Man characters, They're, but they have their deal and maybe they can extend that. They will get back, obviously, the main ones are Fantastic Four, all of the X-Men, everybody in the X-Men, which they have not been able to do anything with and no one ever thought they were going to be able to do anything no. with because the X-Men movies make tons of money. Why would Fox sell them? It's insane. And it's what we were saying earlier. Who thinks it could get bigger than Infinity War? Imagine not only Guardians at the end of that, but then Wolverine, like all the X-Men, Fantastic Four, like Silver Surfer, yeah. everyone else coming in. <laughs> I don't know what to do with the information, Lee. Um, so immediately, as soon as this was rumored online, people were coming out. Chris Evans came out because he played in the Fantastic Four movies before they rebooted it, and it didn't do very well. He was in two of them as as uh, Human Torch. Yes. He came out saying he would happily play Captain America and the Human Torch in the same film. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, probably I'd partly like joking. like to see that. Yeah. The best thing is Hugh Jackman, who has obviously done After Logan. Yeah. A uh, film you hated, I know. Uh, <laughs> he, he came out to say, if this happens and Marvel get back, uh, get back Wolverine for the first time ever, he will reprise the role of Wolverine. Oh, amazing. He would play it again if he gets to play it again where Wolverine's meant to be in the official MCU with the other characters. Oh, that's great. Which would be insane. Now, you'd hope Marvel would be smart enough to do that. Hugh Jackman's definitely getting on in years. I don't know if he'd want to do more than one or two. Um, and whether or not they want old man Logan or they want a younger Logan and they might recast him. Who knows? Yeah. Also, how do you introduce the X-Men into a universe that's already been going and no one's talked about mutants because they weren't legally allowed to use the word mutants in a Marvel Studios film because Fox owned the word mutants. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, 
So how you suddenly introduce them, I don't know. Yeah. But fuck me, man. It'd be, uh, it's just like for them to get all their playing cards in one place. It's like when the Beatles sold all of their songs to Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know, it's like finding to be able to get it back. Yeah. It's like you can actually play your own hits. Are we going to get like a, a reboot of X-Men? Are we going to get an origin story again? I mean, you could do. Scratch? I think that they'd have to be smart about it. They'd have to find a way. It looks like the phase four or five of Avengers is going to go more intergalactic, more space stuff. Yeah. So it makes sense to have Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer. Yeah. They'd have to find a way to, I don't know, to get X-Men across somehow. Mm. Maybe from a different dimension or something. Who knows? Which would make sense because they're quite wry. I mean, Spider-Man was called Homecoming. Like the first one Marvel got to do. Sure. So I could imagine they would quite wryly kind of go, oh, look, the X-Men have been existing in this other universe for a while. <laughs> now we're going to rescue you all and bring you to where you're meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so on one hand, I'm very upset about this because I don't like Disney becoming, eating everything. But on the other hand, God, Wolverine in a Avengers movie. That's it. That's all I want to say. Whoop. Okay. Um, fuck. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are we going to do it? Let's do it. The Mitro outro. It's what everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> we are probably, hopefully, beyond the middle of the podcast. Uh, but not everybody listens to the end of the podcast because why would you? Just tune out. As soon as you get to the end, you hear us pimping on stuff. You think, fuck it. Don't listen anymore. Turn it off. Can't blame you. But here you are, trapped in the middle hoping to hear our conversation that you you think is going to be all controversial. We don't know yet. Um, PUBG and Fortnite. Uh, you can support us, though, because we do this all for free because we're crazy. We put out um, stuff through wearegeeks.com. Just go to wearegeeks.com and you can branch on out to our Twitch channel, which is going to have new content coming in 2018. We've got some cool stuff coming there. So subscribe right now uh, and then you'll be future-proof is really what you're doing. Uh, but also through wearegeeks.com, you can branch out to our iTunes. We can get all of our podcasts. This one happens most weeks most Tuesdays <laughs> not all the time however our horror channel is up every single Friday uh, where we walk through another series we are right now in the middle of Child's Play next year we've got loads of cool series that are going to be happening we've already done Friday 13th Invades on the Body Snatchers Nightmare on Elm Street Texas Chainsaw Massacre and we're doing Star Wars right now just for fun mm-hmm. um, so that's all up there as well um, you can also then email us directly through weirdgeeks.com or just send me an email at mail at weirdgeeks.com. Mail at weirdgeeks.com. Let us know what you want us to cover. Let us know any questions. Let us know what you disagree with, particularly with the segment we're about to get into. <laughs> um, and if you're on weirdgeeks.com, why not click that little picture of a different company called We Are Tessellate? They're a publisher, production company run out of London, LA, and Tokyo, making feature films. And we're making our first feature film right now called Starfish. We have another feature film that's in post production right now, and other ones coming next year. So if you want to support us, that's the only way you can. We're never going to do ads. We're not going to charge you for anything ever. This is all going to be free content. Um, it costs us a lot of money and a lot of time to make it. <laughs> it really does, uh, particularly now that I'm outsourcing the editing. <laughs> so we'd really appreciate it if you can subscribe to us, if you can leave a comment, if you can leave a star rating, even if it's bad, whatever. Just just, just to know you exist. Uh, if you can, give us an email. But in particular, when we get these films out, if you can support us by going to check out the trailers. Uh, so weirdgeeks.com is where you're going to find all of that stuff. Thank you. All right, Lee. Oh, we ready? Four night wins. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> I just want to make people as angry as possible. <laughs> Does okay. there have to be a winner? Can there not be two games of this genre that we can appreciate? I don't understand what you're saying. No. Um, so, not. according to the internet, no, really, there cannot nope. be two games. No. Nope. But that's what we're here to argue about because we are objective. I feel we're pretty good. We don't really have our horses in this race. No. 
We're not PC gamers. No. So PUBG, for anyone who doesn't know somehow, was created basically originally by one person who was doing mods and they had worked on stuff to do with Daisy, hadn't they? And to do and with armor, armor, I think. Yeah. And they basically made mod on top of mod on top of mod. Yeah. There's a battle royale game that they made years ago. Other games have done battle royale, but they were kind of like creating this bridge and then went on to create PUBG, Player yep. Unknown's Battlegrounds, which came out officially only in March this year. Crazy. Crazy. And it's still not out officially, but you know. No. It was purchasable. It sold over 20 million copies. It's the fastest selling video game in history. Um, and it's not even out yet. And it was only on <laughs> PC. <laughs> Fucking insane. Uh, it got bought by Microsoft, so you can only get it there right now. Everyone's clamoring, when is it coming to PlayStation? Nobody knows. They're saying they're only concentrating on Microsoft right now. I'm sure it will come to PlayStation. I think it'll be at least a year, if not two years. I think it's going to be quite I think, a while. I think end of next year. You reckon by we'll end of 2018? See it on the PlayStation. I think it's possible. Think, by Christmas yeah. next year, it's possible. I think so. I think there's a lot they need to sort out, which we're going to be getting into, in order to make it console compatible like that. Yeah. Um, and while PlayStation 4 is more powerful than the Xbox One, the CPU is not as good, I don't think, on the PlayStation 4. I'm not uh, sure. Particularly on the Pro compared to the X, nowhere near as I mean, good. yeah, the Pro compared to the X is nothing. So it's not going to be, it's going to struggle. Um, yeah. But anyway, huge game. It's the game of the year in terms of people talking about it, people playing Absolutely. it, Twitch streams, all that stuff. Um a lot of a lot of websites aren't counting it. They have trouble with do you count it in your games of the year lists because it's not even out yet. It's technically early access. But it's weird. Like I don't want to get into that argument. Is it out or not? But it, for me, it is. I think when 20, 20 million plus people are playing it, yeah, of course it's out. And there's nothing. You know? There's a lot broken with it. Yeah, but there's so. like every game that comes out, there's quite a lot broken with it, and they fix it as it goes on. Yeah. Um, for me, it's out. It's not like, oh, it's there, but don't worry, the campaign's coming. Like, there's no big essential thing missing. No. It's just refinement. Yeah. Really. So I don't really agree. It's like Minecraft. It's like... Games are never finished nowadays anyway. Exactly. You know, day one patches and everything. So... It's a weird thing. It's a weird um, thing. I think it's out. I think you can judge it right now. Yeah. Um, Fortnite. So Fortnite, it's actually... They're the same uh, publishers, don't they? Um, so this is where it gets tricky because they used assets... Um, I'm trying to remember the exact... Fortnite's epic, isn't it? Yeah. But I think the publishers... I know for a fact people have been moaning because Fortnite's publishers were basically using the assets from PUBG. So there was this weird sort right. of like fucking each other because yeah. Fortnite... Basically, Fortnite was a game uh, from Epic. Came out. It's mostly this sort of weird tower defense sim in a weird way, mm. but shooter. I didn't really like it. Um, it's You're building stuff a lot. Uh, it, I didn't like the art style was alright but it was really confusing when I was playing it it just it just didn't click with me yeah so I stopped pretty early on they didn't make as much money as they needed to and they shrewdly or evilly depending on how you want to look at it <laughs> realized hang on people loving this battle royale style of gameplay in PUBG let's just steal that outright so they just stole it outright almost everything is exactly the same so brazen it's ridiculous yeah there are a couple of differences so let's just go quickly into what the games are first you load up. So how is it right now? And we're just talking about console versions. Again, I appreciate PC versions run smoother, have better graphical fidelity, blah, blah, blah. We're just judging. PC yeah, better frame rates, rates, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Because um, I want to see what the practical differences are straight off the bat. You come into a game. On PUBG, you create your character and you can kind of design them with the limited Elder Scrolls-y <laughs> slider sort of set of there are no sliders. But very limited. Very limited. You look kind of janky and weird and grotesque. But you get to create your character. 
What are you going to say? You're going to say my character's in <laughs> bra and panties? <laughs> walk in. You start playing. And she is there in her bras, bra and pants. And I'm thinking, Al, what are you doing? This is It's not this kind of experience. <laughs> Look, all right. And this bullshit excuse comes out of your mouth. This is the honest truth. I, I, <laughs> I signed up for PUBG as soon as it launched. I went straight in there, the servers were crashing. So it took me about 20 minutes just pressing A, 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 because it kept not letting me go into anything. But suddenly it's like, hey, you can design a character. I was like, cool, start designing my character. I tend to like to play as females on a lot of stuff. <laughs> so I designed pants. my female. <laughs> and then it went to what clothes do you want to wear? And the whole screen wouldn't load up. There were boxes with nothing in them. So I was just like, fuck, I don't know what, I don't know if this is permanent. I don't know like what the situation is. So I'm just going to press some buttons. So I pressed some buttons and nothing worked. And then I panicked and then I just pressed apply. And then it booted me into the lobby, which we're about to talk about. And then I found, there I am in my bra and underpants wearing nothing else. And you've not changed it since. And I haven't bothered changing it since. I've kind of gotten used to her being in a bra and underpants. There we go. There you go. What can you do? Sexy battle royale. Uh, Well, it's kind of, again, not great character models. So (laughs) nothing sexy about it. Okay, so uh, Fortnite, you load it up. It, it, there's a bunch of predetermined characters at the moment you can't pick them we should say Fortnite is in a beta um, so they're still figuring stuff out you can't pick your character yet just assign to you one and off you go similar things Fortnite immediately it looks more like the way I see it is like it's like looking at Team Fortress versus Half-Life in terms of styles if you know yes. what I mean yes yeah no I, I agree yeah um, not that PUBG is anywhere near as beautiful as Half-Life and Fortnite, I think the design's actually very, very good. It's not as good necessarily as Team Fortress, but I think it's a good, solid... Yeah, and it's consistent. ...design, it's, yeah. Yeah, clean. Um, then you go into lobbies, very, very similar. You're both on this sort of island where you hang out with up to 100 other people, between 90 to 100 other people, who are doing nothing. <laughs> Swinging randomly at each other and trying to shoot each you other. You can pick up some weapons, I guess, and practice your mechanics yeah. for about 30 seconds to a minute while yeah. you're in there. And then off you go. Now, in PUBG, you're in a plane... Um, and it drops you off when you get onto an island. And in Fortnite Battle Royale, you're in a party bus, <laughs> which is like a hot air balloon with a bus with like music going and everyone screaming it's and partying inside. Bus. And then both of them are the same. You parachute out. Yep. And you basically choose where you want to start in your map. Um, PUBG map is way, way bigger. Um, I've heard it's actually only the size of like Grand Theft Auto 5 city area, but it feels much bigger yeah. when you're playing it. Um, but maybe there's just more hills and stuff to slow you down. Don't know. Uh, Fortnite is definitely smaller. Quite a lot smaller. Yeah. Uh, there is a difference as well in that once you get on the ground, PUBG, you have vehicles that you can use. Uh, Fortnite has no vehicles. Uh, Fortnite, however, has the building mechanic from the main game where you can pick up resources, destroy buildings, take the resources, and then build walls, stairs, all of the armaments and all this stuff. Yeah. Then you're basically on your own uh, unless you're playing a multi-version of the game. We're going to mostly be talking about the regular on-your-own versions yeah. of these games. And you're starting off, and then after some time for collecting stuff, a circle will form, and you need to be within that circle. Otherwise, your life will deplete quickly. Fortnite will deplete very quickly, PUBG a little bit slower. But the PUBG circle immediately just sort of constricts to another place pretty mm. quickly. Whereas with Fortnite, you get these sort of bands of warnings and it's very clear on your heart. It will come up with like, you have this many minutes until it will tell you where the next circle is and then this many minutes to get inside that next circle. Yeah, It's a lot more uh, communicative with you with that stuff. Um, then you got to keep getting into these circles so they get smaller and smaller, Battle Royale style. 
until there's only one person left. That's basically it. They are identical, other yeah. than those two mechanics of one is vehicles, one has a building mechanic. And it does change things a lot. So I don't think that's to be underestimated, what that does to a game. And then just in the artistic style, very, yeah. very, very different. Uh, PUBG is very somber. Um, and Fortnite is really just, yeah, very Team Fortressy, Pixar-y in a way, mm. about sort of fun, colorful, cartoonish. All right, Lee, as a newcomer to these, which one did you try first? I tried Fortnite first okay. because obviously uh, PUBG was yesterday, probably launched. Um, and probably only put an hour or two into Fortnite. But what struck me uh, straight away was, as we were saying, just how similar it is to PUBG, just from the streams that I'd seen of PUBG. And it was just like, I feel like I'm playing that game and they've just entirely ripped it off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, it's fun. It's good fun. Uh, I, I haven't used the building mechanic once yeah. while playing Battle Royale. It feels a bit sort of stuck on from the main game and it's kind of uh, stays around. Um, but you've, you've got much more experience with Fortnite, so I'm intrigued to see what you think in terms of relation to what you played at PUBG. Um, with Fortnite, yeah, I started it like, I guess a week ago, five, six nights ago. Um, it should be important also to say Fortnite Battle Royale is free. Yeah. So you can just download that right now and play it. And if yeah. you have an Xbox, uh, you should. Yeah. Um, whereas PUBG, you have to pay twenty nine ninety nine. Like it's a proper, not full price because they're not counting as early access. I mean, they are counting as early access, but it is. So you have to pay you know, a good amount of money. Yeah. Um, and I do think that should be taken into some consideration. Um, so yeah, I was playing Fortnite. But a real, you can spend money on just aesthetic things if you want to, but there's yeah. really, again, no, no incentive. We should also say when you die in either game, you just start again from the beginning yeah. with carrying nothing over. It's purely about that one game. Everyone always starts level, which is kind of great. Um, so there's no no skill-based things that XP up or anything. No. Um, my So yeah, the building mechanic in Fortnite, I've, been, I've actually played a lot of Fortnite. I've been playing it every night before I go to bed. And I'm not a fan of online things right now. I'm really not. I'm at a point no. in my life where I don't need them. They're gone forever. Yep. There's no end point and I'm bad at them. And I just get punished. I think we're the same. We're the same in relation to that. Yeah. It's painful. Yeah. Um, now what I like, I knew, I understood PUBG. So I knew I'd seen many, I've got many friends who are very passionate about it. I've watched them play it. I uh, watched a lot of playthroughs of it. Um, so I completely understand. And I, I'm just looking at this objectively. Because for sure, what Epic did is kind of despicable. <laughs> it is. But looking at them just objectively as games, you know? Yes. Immediately, I was impressed with Fortnite in terms of, oh, wow, this is what I expect from a game. Everything works. Everything looks fluid. <laughs> There's a very strong style here because they're just building on foundations of a game they already made and Epic make quality, you know, games. Absolutely, yeah. So it's a very, it feels like a quality product when you're playing it. And in my head, I was like, fuck, I can't wait for PUBG because I prefer a more realistic Half-Life aesthetic to a Team Fortress aesthetic. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, but I, like, I've gone right down to the last three quite a few times in Fortnite. Um, I found favorite parts of the map that I like getting to. Uh, I tend to play quite pacifist in both games where I'll just sort of get a weapon, crawl my way through the map, try and stay out of <laughs> of people's troubles. Uh because it's just like, it's a smarter survival way, I think. But then the problem is I can't fight very well at the end. Yeah. I can do all right in Fortnite because the gaming mechanics are 
traditional console slick shooter mechanics. There is a big problem for me with Fortnite. You can't go prone, um, which is a big problem in a game like this, I think. Um, and it's not an animation they clearly ever developed for the regular game. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to bother patching that at any point because it would be quite a bit of work. Um, and I don't think you can go into first person in Fortnite. I think it's all third person, isn't it? Pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty if you sure. you can, I didn't find the button. Yeah. So, yeah. The building mechanic, I know a lot of people criticize the game of that and other people love it. Um, I don't use it that much and I have never won. And it's because yeah, I haven't won. But I'm in that final thing a lot. And what happens when you get to the final thing and you're in a tiny bit of the circle is everyone's building and it's amazing. When you see people right. playing it and you... I, like, I was like following these two people and one guy was shooting the other person. And as they were running, they were just like they're in the matrix just creating walls and the walls will keep building as you're still running. So they were just throwing them down on the ground Brilliant. and it would just start building to block all the bullets that were coming at them. But then the bullets would break through that one and then they'd have built a wood wall after that and then a brick wall and then just different things. And it's fucking awesome when people are really good at it. And to see people at the end of the game who are in the middle and they're just building like these towers that are going up to hide till they can get to the end of the game and then someone else is throwing a rocket launcher at them. And... I haven't seen it, but I believe people are saying you can jump onto the rocket launchers to like ride them to people. <sighs> and then other people can jump onto your ones, you know? It's really, it's one of those things where I'm genuinely like, wow, this is really impressive when you see people play it right. Yes. I yeah. can't play it right. No. <laughs> um, but it's really impressive. And it's pretty peaceful, the game. It's a smaller area, so it gets to the end of the game quicker than PUBG. Um but it is like for me it's like it's because there are no vehicles it needs to be smaller you know yeah um but it's still pretty peaceful like you still can mostly keep to yourself i had a great <laughs> really great probably one of my favorite moments in it was when i spawned and there was a guy uh, i didn't spawn sorry i fell down and there was a guy who just picked up a sniper rifle and he was taking pot shots at people in the air as they were still parachuting down and he missed me and i, la I was like fuck what do i do well i just got a sniper rifle so i landed right next to him and you just start with a pickaxe. So and I just started just running at him with my pickaxe. <laughs> Amazing. And each time you hit with a pickaxe, it only takes off like 10 health out of 100. So you have to hit him like 10 times. So I'd hit him once and then he ran away, turned around and he couldn't shoot me because it was a sniper Runner. rifle. Hit him again. He did the same thing until eventually he realized, fuck it, and just started running. So then I'm just running after him. <laughs> Crazy man with a pickaxe. Yes. Brilliant. And he ends up, but this goes on for literally five minutes. And <laughs> we end up going into like water. And we're both figuring out the mechanics of the water that you run quicker if you jump. So then we're both just like jumping through oh, the water again me. and again. And every now and then I'll just get on top of him and like peck a bit more of his <laughs> life away. Until eventually I did actually get him and, and killed him and got his sniper rifle. And then died. See, so hearing you talk about it just makes me want to go back to it and give it another chance, really. Especially when you're talking about the building mechanic. I don't know if I'll ever be that good. Like, it's, I get stressed with that sort of mechanic. Um, I like simple mechanics, you know? Yeah. But it's so impressive when you see people who can do it right. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. And people just making cool things. People just find a spot and just immediately start building something, like, around it. Um, and when you talk about it like that, it, it sounds different enough from Player Unknown to. Justify. That's the thing. I think it genuinely is that one mechanic separates it massively. Um, sure, everything else is very, very, yeah. very alarmingly similar. But the size of the maps, the art style, the slickness, and then that one mechanic, for me, does yeah. it's a different type of game, even though it's ostensibly very similar. Yeah. 
then you come to PUBG. Yeah. So Lee, your first time playing PUBG. Tell me what happened with your first time playing. My, my first time playing. Uh, I mean, it's, it's janky as hell, obviously. Kind of goes without saying because it's, it's still a game preview as they describe it on the Xbox. It feels like a PC game. What does that mean? It feels like... People are fuming right now. People are fuming. No, well, I I kind of... No, it's... You mean it feels superior and graphically fantastic? Yeah, absolutely. And the Xbox is struggling to cope. That's what it feels like. (laughs) No, because there's a a level of jank with kind of online PC games that you can get away with. I'm just digging a hole here, aren't I? (laughs) Um, But um, you, you expect a level of polish, as you were describing with Fortnite. When you come to a console game, you expect a level of polish. Uh, and once you get past the uh, the title screen, which is relatively polished, you get dropped into the lobby where the graphics look atrocious. Uh, everyone's kind of glitching around, jumping around everywhere. And you think... Not me, I'm crawling around in the mud in my y- underwear. You are just looking at... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to stop there. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> and um, yeah, you, you, that's your first experience, being in this really bizarre lobby area. Mm. Um, and then, yeah... What the th- <laughs> the thing I found? I'd watched loads of streams of uh, PUBG, and I've, I've seen people play it really well, but I had no real concept of how I should play it. So then you're you're dropped into the map, and you're thinking, how do I shoot? How do the shoot mechanics work? I know the buttons, but how does, how does it work? And then the inventory system and everything else. You kind of there's there's no explanation to anything. No. Um, but still, in my first game, I just killed two people, and one of those was a guy riding a motorbike oh, nice. randomly, and I shot him with my shotgun from quite far away, managed to get him on his motorbike, and th- that was a, a fantastic moment, and then made it to the final 20 or whatever. So, awesome. um, looking past all the jank and all the kind of difficulty getting into it, it's just, there's something really unique about it, and it's a really fun experience. So how, I mean, practically with that first go, yeah, you killed a couple of people, yeah, like practically how much, like... <laughs> How did it work for you? Just so you're on the ground. Did you get in a vehicle? Did you constantly try and get to the circles? Were you like... I was quite lucky where I kind of parachuted in on my first go in that I seemed to be pretty central to where the uh, the, the force field or whatever was coming in. So that right. hadn't really affected me. In fact, when you were playing a bit ago, that was the first time I'd, I'd seen that the true effect of the oh, force really? field. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've been quite lucky when I played. Or I think maybe I've made a concerted effort to make sure that I'm keeping watch. Okay. Uh, and so as it's ticking down, I'm always making sure I'm in that zone. So it's never really You're just better than me. That's fine. Like. No, I'm just no, planning ahead, fine. Al. Hey, look. <laughs> Judge is ruling. You're better. It's fine. Look, the thing You is, just beat Cuphead, okay? Well, I, I beat the devil finally after about two hours of playing it today. Jesus Christ. That was a fucking moment. <sighs> uh, I wish I was as good at PUBG as I am at Cuphead because I'm appalling at PUBG. You um, killed two people. I killed two people. I think it's more luck than anything. And everyone else was just uh, still fiddling around with the controls, as was I. So we somehow managed to do it. But we have very different styles in how we play. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you're, you describe it as pacifist. <laughs> yeah. I describe you as a bit of a, a bit of a chicken in that you just go and <laughs> find a bathroom to hide in or something, and then it's like, oh shit, the force field's going to kill me, so I need to move now. I mean, it's um, win at least. It works though. It, it totally work. works for you. And I can tell you it works because. Not to hijack, because I want to go back to your playthrough. But um, yeah, I've I've been playing PUBG since it came out. They're quite long games. So I've been playing are, yeah. quite a lot. I mean, if you get through towards the end. Yep. And out of my, what was it, like five or six six games maybe? Mm. That one we just did, I was at, well, that was like pretty bad. Because we got trapped outside the force field and it killed us nearly. Yeah. Um, but out of my original games, my very first one, I got to number six. My second one, I got to number six again. 
my third one I got to like 30 something and then my fourth one I got to I think it was it was two or three and then I was back out at like yeah uh, 20 late 20s or something but yeah it it works like you can get right to the end yeah most of the time if you're just aware of your surroundings and playing like you would probably in a real world zone which is get a mm. weapon and then hide and then try to constantly stay away from other people and stay in shadows and just yes. like be more sneaky basically uh but at the end that comes you a have point. to battle yeah and the problem is is if you don't know how to use your weapons properly and you haven't been trying them out yeah. um then you're kind of fucked yeah which is what happens to me each time which you're out there trying out your weapons <laughs> Well, the thing was, before I started playing, I, I sort of said to you that I watched a YouTube clip on people like people's advice for beginners. And what the first thing was, make sure you land somewhere that's always busy, like the school. And there's a couple of places that are always busy right at the start. And they say for the first 10, 20 games that you play, just land in those busy places and just deal with dying really quickly because you'll get used to the combat, mechanics. especially up close combat, right. because that's the more difficult stuff to deal with yeah. in this game, I feel. So... Yeah, and just appreciate that your your first dozen or so games, you're going to be crap and you're going to die straight away. But at least you'll figure out the controls and how yeah. shooting feels and, and all of that. Um, and that's, that's what I'm still trying to wrap my head around, I think, really. I think that's fair enough. Did you use a vehicle? Uh, I think my second playthrough, I got in a Jeep yeah. and just had a bit of a drive around and then crashed and lost loads of health. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They're the hard to I drive. Did. They're difficult to drive. I was and on I a like motorbike that. and the same thing happened yes. to me. I just like flipped and died nearly. Yeah. Like it was... Yeah. embarrassing and and don't get out of a moving vehicle I've just <laughs> you, you die instantly <laughs> that's good advice just for life just in general. generally yeah generally yeah boats are fun boats are fun agreed again good just, just generally life. good good life, good life, life. life. <laughs> i'm just throwing out random statements you should now. come on every every single week <laughs> leads good advice boats are boats fun don't jump out of moving fun. vehicles <laughs> um eat health as and safety donuts by Lee as you can. yeah it's good advice um Okay, so like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm really in a weird torn spot with it all because looking objectively at stuff like when I was playing PUBG, here's what my, here's what my overriding experience and admittedly, like you say, I'm playing a particular way, but that's how I want to play the game. Now, I did say to you, I want to learn how to use the mechanics properly. Yeah. There's no way to do a private match. So all I want to do is jump into like a duo match with you where we just go to a bit of the island and try stuff out. You know? Yeah. Just like try out some weapons, try and like guard the other one a bit while one of them's trying things out, do a little training camp for a bit. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to do that because um, I do want to learn how the weapons work. And just out of fucking inventory because the menu system's a nightmare on consoles. <sighs> it's not like PC. That's definitely a place where they have the advantage. You can just mouse click and drag and all that shit. Completely. It's a nightmare on yeah. console. They need to rethink the entire inventory. Um, but my experience of PUBG is here's what I like about it. I get into the world. Uh, it's going to go on for maybe 20 minutes. And I'm very lonely. <laughs> and I'm walking through, you know, mountains trees hiding in shadows hearing gunfire in the distance yeah um and then eventually having a combination you know of seeing like i said to you it's like watching an ant's nest being shook you know you like everyone suddenly has to come out of the woodwork when the bubble's closing in too much and the force was closing There's in some fantastic moments with that where you see just see groups of people running suddenly just the trees, running so yeah yeah and they fantastic. don't know whether to run or kill each other yeah, yeah. which is kind of cool and i originally said on this podcast i was going to be stressed out but a bubble thing i didn't like it i'm wrong it works fantastically yes. it's really great and the map is so large yeah. It needs to be quick. It needs to move that fast. Agreed. So they're the things I like about the game. Yeah. What I don't like about the game is I'm very lonely. Yeah. I'm walking through mountains that look like shit. <laughs> Trees yep. that look like shit. Yeah. 
uh, I can hear things happening in the distance and I'm not involved with them. Yeah. Uh, I'm only partly by my own choice, but sometimes not. I wasn't not looking for a fight that time other than like one time when a guy drove by and you're like, shoot him. And I was like, nope. no, because <laughs> I will miss and then he'll turn around and kill me. Um, so the, the, my problem with PUBG is the stuff that I like about it is the stuff that I'm really not liking about it, which is that I'm pretty bored a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. And my main experience with nearly all the playthroughs, because for some reason those bubbles are never near me. They're always yeah. a long way away. My main experience is I spawn in a world, I try and get a gun, and then I run. <laughs> and yeah. I spend 20 minutes holding down the a, hold, not the a button, holding down the, clicking the analog stick yeah. and running while looking and hoping not to get shot. <laughs> yeah. And that's the majority of my time in PUBG is just trying to get to that circle. And then when I do, it's time to get to the next circle. Yeah. <laughs> just running to get the next circle. Now, I appreciate if you're using vehicles, that's less of a problem, probably. Because you can catch up a little bit, you know? Mm. But on foot, man, it's a big fucking thing to traverse. And I don't have the time to really enjoy it the way I want to because I'm just trying to get to the next safe point. Yeah. And I'm not... And it's weird because it's kind of like... I used to play Operation Flashpoint, which was very dry. Very much like PUBG. Yes. But without the bubbles. And I loved that simple, you know, very real mechanic to it. But Operation Flashpoint looked really good for the time. PUBG doesn't look good at all. No. In my opinion. You can have beautiful no. moments. But not objectively. It's not a pretty game. Um, so it's really all about the gameplay. And my gameplay is mostly running. And I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I feel like I'm in a big world and shit's going on. And I do like that. There's an atmosphere to that, which is cool. But I, it, it is paired with me being bored. And it's very strange because I feel like PUBG is like the game that I should connect with more. Because a lot of the realism and the size of the map and the open world stuff I should connect with. But instead, I'm playing PUBG and I'm just thinking I want to play Fortnite. I think what you need to do, hearing you talk about it, is make a conscious decision the next few times you play it to play it in a different way mm -hmm. to make sure you land in busy parts of the map that you know are going to be quite congested my problem and with really engage with that my problem with that is i know i might never play the game again because if i Fine. just do that and die 10 times it's going to be like it's like that's what i mean it's exactly yeah. not what i what i don't exactly. want the game to be like I, if i do a training thing with you or some other friends then maybe like i okay. feel more capable or something but i'll still be playing it like that's what i mean my problem is it's it's allowing me because the good thing with PUBG is it allows you to play kind of how you want to play. And it's yeah. allowed me to play the way that I get enjoyment from, which is really staying out of those battles because I don't enjoy them. I just don't. Like, I'm not enjoying the battles. I don't like hecticness anyway in games nowadays and being in the middle of a firefight isn't something no. I enjoy. No. So I'm enjoying the quiet moments. But then while it's allowed me to do that, it's not rewarding me for doing that, you know? There's really like, I can stay alive longer, but to what end? You know, there's no end game. I'm not. There's no achievements attached. <laughs> furious about. What's the um, point of even playing? I mean, you know. You don't get anything from winning uh, other than no. pride. You can get like costumes and stuff, but it's just like aesthetic things, which I don't care yeah. about really. I'm happy in my underwear. Um, <laughs> so really, you're not getting anything. And the problem is, that's why the game's great. It's because everyone starts on a level ground at the beginning of every game. But also, I have no incentive. So I'm really caught in this thing of like, what I like about you is also what I fucking hate about you. And the only advantage Fortnite has for me is that it all works fantastically. 
I think I would prefer PUBG to Fortnite if it was anywhere near as slick. Even if it was as slick as Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah. Which, which I could imagine it being. Yeah. You know? If it looked that pretty and the game mechanics were that good, and Grand Theft Auto V is not the best game mechanics, but if PUBG could reach that level, then I think I'd have more enjoyment because I think I'd enjoy the gunfights a bit more because it'd feel better. But when I've played it, it's like it doesn't feel great to me. Like it feels janky and it feels like... I'm with you. I was trying not to say it, but it feels PC. Yeah. But PC in like that old school way of, all right, it's, you know, it's a functional great idea with none of the finesse that you need when you come to console. As you were describing, the guy behind it had, you know, obviously a large modding background and it feels like a mod. It, it feel, feels, like, it a feels mod. like a mod. It feels like something tacked together. Exactly. Because, um, you know, it's still, it's still early days. It is. Like, but there's 20 million I know. units sold. Yeah. And we've got one map. There's one map. I mean, there's, 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 there's another the desert map. one that's that's come out. Yeah, um, on PC. On, on, on Xbox, PC. Yeah. Not, it's, what, a few months away, I think? They the haven't Xbox. said 100%, but it could be. It could actually be quite soon. We're not sure. Oh, we'll okay. See. Okay. We'll see. I don't think it'll be for a while because I think they're going to work on patching this until they're ready. But. Yeah. Yeah, because they need to. Oh, they really need oh, to. Oh, they really need to. So much wrong. We need to play a duo match at yes. some point. And I, I wonder whether that will maybe fix some of those issues that you have, especially in terms of loneliness, because you'll have someone to... <laughs> but I like... This is the problem. You know. is I like the loneliness, but then I also get bored. So it's kind of this weird... I think it's a problem with my life, really, Lee. <laughs> I want to be alone, but then you're <laughs> kind of like, where people. is everybody? Where is everyone? Uh, it's, it's weird. I definitely want to play some duo matches. I've heard from good friends who have spent the whole year playing it. The duo is harder than solo. Oh, I can imagine. Which I'm yeah. interested in. Um. Yeah, and I'm interested playing it in a more gung-ho way. I don't get enjoyment doing that myself, so I think probably in a duo match I'll get more enjoyment. And I guess with a duo match, you can kind of sort of middle ground gung-ho, as mm-hmm. it were. You know, you can kind of watch each other's back and you don't have to necessarily go to the really busy areas, but you can yeah. maybe advance a bit more quickly than you would do if you're on your own. Well, because, so. I mean, you get what I'm saying. It's like, when you told me to shoot that guy I was going by, my question to you was why? And it has to be two, one of two reasons, or both, ideally in a game. One is Because it's fun. One, that one, that's the reason. Yeah. It's because you enjoy shooting him. I don't. That's the thing. I really Fine. don't. Because okay. I don't think the game mechanics are good enough that I'm enjoying doing it. It doesn't feel satisfying. Like I did, I killed two people in one match, one person in another match, and then the others have been pretty pacifist. Um, and I didn't enjoy any of the kills. Like they didn't, like, whereas yeah. th- that story of me jumping through water, taking someone with a pickaxe in Fortnite <laughs> brought me so much delight. It was incredible. Because um, it just doesn't feel that great to me when I'm looking down the scope of a weapon and stuff and like my shoulders janking into fucking view because yeah. it's not working properly and and I'm not getting like I don't know it's just a level of like again if it felt like you can go first person in PUBG yes you can also go in prone big big thing that it has over Fortnite and I yeah. mean that sincerely uh, but you can go first person I don't like playing a first person if I went first person and it feels like Call of Duty awesome yeah I would enjoy shooting in that game more yeah, if it felt slick I enough. I quite like first person in it actually. Oh, I don't like. When it. I go inside, I always switch to first person. Do you? Yeah. I might try more. Of... I did it for a bit and it didn't gel with me, but yeah, it's never going to feel like Call of Duty though, is it? Let's no, be honest. But, it, but it, there's no reason it couldn't if well, it didn't come. Because here's the weird thing: it comes, and this is a weird thing I wanted to ask you as well. Because people are really angry because Fortnite ripped it off. I get that completely. Objectively, I think there's an argument to be made that it's a better game. I do, but yeah. it depends what you want from your game. Because I do think they do slightly different things. But here's the weird thing. Epic, big studio, right? Mm. PUBG, made by this little modded dude. Yeah. So he's the underdog. So everybody loves him and gamers love to get in with those underdogs. They yeah. really do. Yeah. Fuck EA. 
Love the little underdog. Yep. This underdog sold 20 million copies this year. He's no longer an underdog. He's no longer an underdog. He's no. doing great yeah. on a game that if EA had brought that game out, if imagine if Ghost Recon Wildlands was like PUBG. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Can you imagine? And I know that's not EA, but can you imagine what the fucking fan reaction <laughs> would be to Ubisoft for bringing out a game that janky? Oh, it would be crazy, wouldn't it? Would, it? Tear it apart. They would tear it apart. But because he's part, he's one of us. You know, part of the community originally. Yeah. It's not really. He's a developer now. Um, yeah. And has been for a while. People still treat it like that's the underdog, and I'm not going to. Like objectively, it doesn't work. But the idea is fantastic. Yeah. And it's like when you're saying, "Well, it can never look. It can never be like Call of Duty." It's like, why not? Why not? Indeed, I suppose. I know it doesn't have the money ingested in it, but will he ever do a sequel? Because I'm on board with that. If there is a PUBG 2 and it's got Microsoft money behind it, then everyone I feel will turn against it. Go, oh, it's too slick. It's too much. <laughs> Fucking Microsoft come in and make everything look shiny. It's like, yeah, great. <laughs> if the if it felt as slick as as Fortnite, but within the world of PUBG, not looking cartoony and stuff. Yeah. I'll be having a lot more fun. It'll be interesting to see what state it's in in a year's time or two years time even because this is a game that's going to be around for a long time. For sure. I think in some sort of form. Yeah. Um, maybe it's something that you need to dip into when it's a bit more, a bit more polished. Maybe I mean saying that I want to play it again now. You yeah, know? like I want, like I'm already thinking we're going to go Star Wars in a minute. When I come back, I'm going to play around of this. Yeah. But what's weird is each night I'm sitting there and I play around a PUBG, and then I go and play around a Fortnite, and then I play around a PUBG, and then I play around a Fortnite, and yeah. I'm just bouncing back and forth. And you can do that because Fortnite's free. Yeah. Um, and they're both valid and i'm finding it hard to pick i know i'm sounding like i'm definitely saying fortnite's better i think objectively it's a much better made game but they have their reasons for that because they'd already built the game they had a lot more money they stole an idea from someone yeah it's easy for them to make it a better game i get it but i think objectively it works at what it's doing better yeah. than pubg does yeah but pubg is the original and its ideas are bigger um and i want it i don't know it, I get excited about it and then when I'm playing it I get kind of disappointed then well and it's such a big thing in the gaming world at the moment you want to hop on board that yeah hype train don't you and just and, and get a sense of, of what it is that people love about it let's play some together and then we'll come back sometime and chat about it again yeah let's do some because yeah I do want to see that experience with other people I want to um, probably about 10 years ago I gave up on multiplayer shooters mm. I think it was Modern Warfare 2 or something on the 360 I thought do you know what I'm going to try and get good at this yeah and a month later, I was still shit and couldn't compete with all these kids who clearly had a lot more time than I did to play it and all that kind of stuff. So I gave up on multiplayer shooters. And this is the first time in a while that I've actually actively wanted to sit down and try and get good at something. Well, it's because there's that level playing field. Like, that's yes. the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, that does make Everyone it more appetizing. Yeah. yeah. When I play, you know, Call of Duty or anything now, and I don't, but when I do, and I do yeah. always try with each game, I'll try the online, see, well, how's it going now? It's a nightmare because everyone's leveled up all their stats and has all the coolest weapons and knows every nook of everything. Yeah. With PUBG, okay, they'll know the nooks, but everything spawns in different locations each time. Um, so you can have tactics, but it's harder to have legitimate tactics. And with such a large map, there's so many different ways of approaching it and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. playing a game each time. So. Yeah, I will say with Fortnite, while it doesn't have vehicles, I wish it had a bigger map. I wish it had multiple maps because it's smaller. It's like, all right, give us three maps then. There um, are vehicles in it, but you can't use them. In Fortnite? In Fortnite. Are there vehicles in it? Oh, yeah, there are cars. Because I, I kept running no, up to them trying to get in. I'm like, why can't I not no, drive no, no. this? Yeah, so that's like, true. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'd like three maps that are different in Fortnite because yeah. there's not enough. And I'm sure we'll be getting some of that because they're, they're doing really well. They've got a good player base. I'm interested how much PUBG is going to take away from that now um, because they've been the, the place to play Battle Royale on yeah. console. Um, I heard some people... Um, talking on a different podcast about uh the how dare, how dare i listen to something else bloody hell um talking about the desert map and how that completely changes how you play the game because okay. they've you know this this first first map i you kind of get the sense it was kind of thrown together we need a map of mm-hmm. some kind. whereas this second map is a bit more considered how are people actually playing the game okay and how we can how can we mess with that and alter a little bit nice and i think that's going to be really interesting as more maps come out is it going to adapt yeah, to how, how people, people approach, and and that's can I still be sneaky? Can you still be sneaky? Can I still hide in shadows? Because the thing with the desert one apparently is much flatter. I don't like you, it. You don't like it. There you go. There you go. So you can't be can't be as sneaky. So um, yeah, um, you can just try. We can play in duos, and you'll drive the car, and I'll just sneak behind in your shadow. That sounds perfect. Done. Sounds good. So uh, overall impressions was fuck PUBG played Fortnite. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. Of course. I think they're both Play fantastic both. and I think everyone should try both of them. I think they will appeal to slightly different people. That's what I genuinely think. At the moment, Fortnite is appealing to me slightly more, but I want uh, PUBG to appeal to me because that's so, more my normal game. The Battle Royale mode in Fortnite is free at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's for another two weeks or something? It's free for... Uh, that's a good point. Or have I just made that up? I don't know. Hang on. Let's do a quick... You're going to have to vamp now. Uh, that's 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 my silence for a vamp there we go that's good yeah mm. um pub you can get for under 20 quid at the moment on the xbox one is it yeah if you go to was um, on nobody yesterday it's uh on uh there's a couple of websites where you can download cd keys and stuff and you can get it for under 20 quid and i think even in the state that it's in just to kind of experience it, I think it's definitely worth. Oh, for sure. And you're future-proofing yourself again. Like, yeah. they won't, you won't get charged again. This is it. I know some people have been like, oh, we're paying 20 quid for the demo. I was like, no, this is it. You're bought yeah, the yeah, yeah. Um, It just says Fortnite Battle Royale is the free 100-player PvP mode in Fortnite. One giant map, battle bus, Fortnite building skills, destructible environments. Destructible environments is another cool thing Fortnite has. Yes, actually, yes. I have to say. Um, last one standing once. Available on PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Mac. So yeah, I mean, for, uh, yeah, Fortnite, I think it's just permanently free because they have a way to buy stuff uh, for aesthetic stuff. So that's like their microtransactions, mm. but none of it changes the gameplay. None of it gives you an advantage. It's just aesthetics. Oh, okay. Fucking expensive as well because I'm a sucker for that shit. If I, if I like a game, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll buy some cool clothes or whatever, cool new hammer. And I went to buy a, a clothes thing and it worked out when you did the math because they do that thing of like different credit. You're buying real money for in-game credits you know yeah so when i did the math it worked out this one costume was 10 pounds what yeah what the actual oh my goodness right okay. and i was like fuck that yeah like no so how many costumes way. did you buy none no no i really didn't After sure? i saw that i was like fuck you like i like your game i want to support you but that's not I'm, can, i mean i bought all the real fortnite can you buy bra and pants as a costume well i mean pubg winner because <laughs> i can play the whole game in my pink bra and pants winner winner chicken dinner exactly tied it all up nicely yeah uh yeah so we'll come back we'll talk about PUBG and fortnite again i'm sure see how those games some more fully formed impressions exactly uh very quickly because we need to get out of here because we have to eat so before we go and see star wars it's 9 30 right now what we're going to be in two and a half hours seeing in the cinema (gasps) so exciting haruka just walked in the room whoop whoop you ready for star wars hell yeah (laughs) men have been maybe the best since empire strikes back
That's what early reviews are saying. Really? Yep. Don't want to get your hopes up. Could be the best Star Wars of all time. What were you saying earlier on in the podcast that you don't, don't. want to get your hopes up? I've done and it. Now, Lee, now you're doing it. It could be the best film ever. <laughs> Stop. I'm too excited. Stop. What games come out this week? Not many. Wolfenstein 2, colon, The New Colossus, The Adventures of Gunslinger Joe. That's a long name. Uh, some DLC for, for Wolfenstein 2. Already? Already. Um, I forgot wow. what this is. This is something kind of cool. Forgotten it. I'm too excited. Um, I'm still not getting on with Wolfenstein 2. I respect it. It's not a world I want to be part of. It's, it. the, it's the looting, isn't it? That's what you don't like. You have oh, to pressing pressing X or whatever for all the ammo. Nah, Give me why? the ammo. Why would I not want ammo? Why? You're, why? Not, you're not Fallout 4. We don't need to like go and examine everybody. It's ridiculous. Crazy. I'm not playing Wolfenstein like PUBG. I can't sneak everywhere and be pacifist. I have to kill things. <laughs> I have to kill the Nazis. You have to kill the Nazis. Ukulele's out on Switch. Woo-hoo. Uh, this is the spiritual successor, of course, of Banjo Kazooie or Banjo Tooie, technically. <laughs> Um, Enter the Gungeon also out on Switch and a fucking million other things out on Switch but I didn't know what they were everything's out on Switch Switch is so much content uh, not much else is happening UK Blu-rays though are coming out uh, Game of Thrones is coming out uh, The Dark Tower is out on 4K The Twin Peaks the new series is out on Blu-ray uh, Genius Party and Genius Party Beyond which are great classic anime films made by a bunch of great anime directors that's out finally on Blu-ray um, people should be excited about that because that's not been available for ever uh, an inconvenient sequel uh, the sequel to An Inconvenient Truth is out. And uh, the horror film's house, one through four, are all getting a release. Terrible movies created by Steve Miner, who went on, who did Friday the 13th Part 2 and 3 and went on to direct uh, Halloween 7, H2O. I love you, you say they're awful and they're all just here and on they're the, just sitting the, there right next on the to table you. next to me. I know. It's brilliant. It's because of four horror films in a row. I, I buy franchise horror films. Even when they're appalling. Even when they're bad. Uh, US Blue releases, they're also getting Game of Thrones, um, but they're also getting House 134, weirdly. And they're getting Kingsman, colon, the Golden Circle. (laughs) (laughs) That will never not be funny. Which is out on 4K. They're getting Election, uh, which is Criterion are putting that out. I don't normally talk about old films, but Election's a great film, and Criterion are putting it out. They're getting Moonlight on 4K. And Detroit, which is the film I forgot that I need to see still. Yes. Uh, what films are out this week? <laughs> well, there's a big science fiction film out this week, and it's called Beyond Skyline, uh, directed by <laughs> Liam O'Donnell. Stars Frank Grillo, Bayana Novakov, and people. I'm well sorry, actors, but seriously, get a huruka. Huh? Make your name simpler, because we just won't read it out on podcast. <laughs> a tough as nails detective embarks on a relentless pursuit to free his son from a nightmarish alien warship. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. I did not see that coming at all. This is the sequel to a film called Skyline, which was made... God, how long ago was Skyline? Was that with the the, the blue lights? Yes. Yes. They're in an apartment building. Yes, I just remember the blue lights. That was like a weird independent film that the director and his friends just made, basically. It's actually much cheaper than people think it was. They just did it in their apartment. Um, But it looks like it got to be a big blockbuster. Yeah. Pretty shitty big blockbuster, but a big blockbuster. This is a sequel. Yeah. From the same writer as the first one, but not the same director. Uh, and there's another little film coming out called Star Wars The Last Jedi tiny film we will as I said be reporting on that a little bit next week but mostly on the Star Wars podcast go to weirdgeeks.com check that out listen to all of the things that me Alex and Christina have to say because they're so entertaining Um, what else is going on nothing else who cares oh box office we'll go do that and then we can get out of here this is what's happening in the films that people are paying monies to watch 
Number 20, The Mountain Between Us. Number 19, a new film with I, Tonya. Fair enough. 18 is Blade Runner 2049. 17 is Call Me By Your Name. 16, I don't think that's how they want it. You said it in a kind of sexy way there, Al. <laughs> Call Me By Your Name. Oh, I didn't think when the writer was like, what's she? Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> how do we get them to say it that way? You did it. Uh, 16 is The Man Who Invented Christmas. 15 is Darkest Hour. 14 is Roman J. Israel Esquire. 13, The Shape of Water. Frustratingly not out here yet. Uh, 12, A Bad Mom's Christmas. 11, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. The film's got in the charts, Haruka. We have to. There's no other option. Number 10 is Just Getting Started. That's a new entry. What is it? What are you? Tell me things. <laughs> oh, this looks bad. That looks like Tommy. That looks like Tommy Lee Wallace and uh, what's his name? The voice of God, Morgan Freeman. Tommy Lee Jones, sorry. Rene Russell, Russo, Jane Seymour, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, no, I won't see that. Um, <laughs> what else? Number nine, Lady Bird, the highest rated movie. Eight, The Star. Number seven, Murder on the Orient Express. Number six, Daddy's Home. Two. Didn't say that sexily. Daddy's home. Daddy's home. Number five, Thor, colon, Ragnarok. Number four, The Disaster Artist. Number three, Wonder. Number two, Justice League. How much is it made? 212 million. Mm. In its fourth week. Yeah. Not enough. Nowhere near enough. And at number one, the Pixar movie, Coco. Uh, third week. There it is. Doing well. Making monies. Who would have thought it? Pixar. All of the monies. Um, we will be back hopefully next Tuesday, even though now's a Wednesday. But whatever. You make your own podcast. Um, don't judge me. I'm your host, Al White. You can follow me on all the social medias where I can be mean to you there. Mr. Al White and video games. And you are. I'm Lee Comley. You can find me on Twitter, Lee Comley ITV, Instagram, Lee Comley, or my website, LeeComley.co.uk. So ubiquitous, Lee. I love you. I love it when it's simple. <laughs> When people aren't flummoxing around, <laughs> trying to figure out what the Instagrams and the Twitters are. What is it, Haruka? What's your Instagram? I have no idea. No idea? What's your, what's your Twitters? No idea. no idea. Perfect. Good marketing. Uh, well prepared. Star Wars time. And Star we're out. Wars! Geeks! Geeks!